Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Balls. Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Number one podcast presented by me and Matt. Yes, it is. <laughs> Two guys that need haircuts. It's like very, not other podcasts are even close to it. Yeah, no, there's one of the a Lewis and a Ma- Matthew. <laughs> I am Matthew Baker. The man across the way is the esteemed Louis Fox. And we have a guest in studio. We have a man sitting to my left across from Louis. His name is Malcolm Puckering, a.k.a. AKA Puck. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he is a uh, comedian, a magician, he's an author, he's a hypnotist, he's a man about town. And that's how he got, got landed on our podcast. Yeah. Was the man about town. None of the other stuff. <laughs> Say hi to the fine people, Puck. Hello, people. How are you? <laughs> I actually just met you last year. And yes. And we hit it off so much, he's now sleeping in my basement. <laughs> I'm saving that hotel fee. <laughs> is, is it worth the $98 a day? Yo, man, he saved me 900 bucks, man. Shit. Yeah. I'll sleep anywhere. <laughs> well, he's reconsidering after seeing all the dead animals and uh, dead yeah. human skulls that I have in the basement. The best yeah. was I came over just in time to hear Puck going, wait, those are real? <laughs> I was fine with it until I found out that shit was real, man. You know, I'm not saying anything, but, you know, the brothers aren't too fond of that shit, man. <laughs> well, you can just imagine they're fake while you're here. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good okay. Instagram content to send to your kids and your plethora of fans. Yeah. yeah. You should have a picture of one skull, another skull, and then your head. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a little background about you. You are from the New York area. Yeah, really from New York. And I've actually relocate, relocated down to Orlando, Florida since uh, 2004. Okay. And why Florida? Just be closer to sh- cruise ships? Because that's where you work a lot of ships and corporate events. Yeah. Well, actually, I moved down because my manager at the time had bought a theater on International Drive in Orlando. Uh, and we actually opened up the day before Hurricane Charlie. So uh, it was short-lived. But, oh, God. <laughs> but Wait, up- your relationship with the manager or the- <laughs> both <laughs> now actually no the, the theater closed so i ended up uh just relocating to florida because my mom had moved down there and my brother was down there and i actually got married again so i started a family and just stayed down oh yeah. nice nice and do you still go home to new york to perform and visit or i perform in new york maybe a couple times a year but no not as much as you know as i used to so where does the name come from malcolm puckering what is can you give us a little story about this uh, well unusual. the name puckering is actually started off with puckerin there was no g and it started out in the west indies uh, my friends from the British West Indies. My father's from Barbados, and everyone was called Puckerin. And when they moved to the U.S., they added the G for some weird reason, so it became Puckering. And, uh, and that was such an embarrassing name in school that <laughs> I chopped that shit down, and now it's just Puck. <laughs> Never Malcolm, though. Never. You know what's funny is like people who who don't know me really well. Sometimes they try and call me Malcolm to act like they know me, and that's like the best way to show you don't know me. Gotcha. Because, you know, even my mother calls me Puck, so yeah. So Matt's mother calls him. Puck yeah, too. yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that, Matt. <laughs> so, because Malcolm is—is is it traditionally it's a Jewish name or is it? No, actually, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure the origin of Malcolm, but Malcolm X wasn't Jewish, and yeah. uh, <laughs> that's for damn sure. But uh, the crazy thing is, I was actually conceived in 1965, was the year that he actually was killed. So for years, I thought that that's who I was named after, and that was not the case. No, no, I mean, it's I was like Malcolm Galakowitz. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Puckstein, yeah. Puckowitz, nah. <laughs> now, actually, um, I was adopted, and my biological mother wanted me to be, named, me to be named Malcolm, and I always thought it was because of Malcolm X, but I found out just recently within the past year of why I was named Malcolm because she actually named me after my birth father who was a famous jazz uh, pianist. He's actually a legend. His name is Mal Waldron. Uh-huh. And uh, she named me after him before I was uh, adopted with so the family. So when they adopted you, she knew who your father yes. and mother was? Oh, that's cool. Yes. The crazy thing is that she actually had a story I just found out. She was friends with Peter, Paul, and Mary. Uh-huh. And your your my adoptive, biological mother, biological, my biological mother, gotcha. and she wanted to go to Paris to tell my father she was pregnant with me. So Peter from Peter Paul and Mary lent her money to fly to Europe because he knew my dad, and wow. she flew there. Wow. And when she got to Paris to tell him she was pregnant with me, <laughs> he was living with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so she flew her sorry ass back to the U.S. <laughs> and then Mary flew her back. <laughs> yeah. So she got back. Yeah, and I you know it's funny. I don't even think he knew that she did have me because he has another child. I just found out from his second wife, who's half Japanese, uh-huh. who's named Malcolm. Oh wow! Yeah. So a son, another son. He's got another son, yeah. And, and how did you put those dots together? How did you connect okay. those dots if you were adopted? Uh, all right, I always knew I was adopted because I got adopted when I was five. I was uh-huh. in the foster home until I was five. But it was recently I was laying in bed with my wife watching TV, and we were watching Twenty Twenty, mm-hmm. and across the screen flashed this name of an adoption agency, and I like, wow, it looked familiar, and I looked. I rewound it, and it was the Louise Wise Adoption Agency in New York. It was uh-huh. like the premier place to get Jewish kids back in the 60s. So I'm watching. I was like, why is this on TV, the place I came from? And evidently, that that documentary, Three Identical Strangers, yeah, yeah. was about these three you know, triplets that were split up and used by this uh, adoption agency and some psychologist to, you know, to experiment on them. Uh-huh. They put one in a rich family, one in a media, you know, middle class, and one in a poor family and see how they, you know, nature versus nurture. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I found out about it. At the end of the documentary, it said if you came from this adoption agency in the 60s to write us and we'll let oh, you know if God, you're a twin geez. or a triplet. So, so you actually wrote him based on the thing. Like, I'm like, no one him, ever yeah. does that. Hey, man, I wrote him, man. And, well, and, have you seen that documentary? Yeah. Oh, it's man. It's really yeah. good. It's really good. I mean, but I'll see like a thing about like a crime I witnessed I won't write in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to write an email. Come on. Come on. Yeah, okay, so, so you yeah. so you saw this. Uh, obviously, yeah. your eyes, you, your heart probably yeah. skipped a little thinking, bit. You're like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, like my twin, my triplet. Yeah. I mean, that would really be some crazy shit. So, so I wrote them, and it took me about about six months to get a letter back from them. And they wrote me and said, no, you're not a twin, and you're not a triplet, but we're going to give you all the information from our files about you. So they told me about you know all the descriptive material, but not. You know, whether they're living dead or their names. Okay. You know, so they told me about my mom, said she was 21 at the time, white Jewish woman, and, you know, she had bad heroin, you know, addiction. And they said my father was a 40-year-old black man and that he was separated from his wife, couldn't marry her at the time, but he was a jazz artist and he composed for films, scored films and stuff. Huh, wow. But they said he was very well known in his in his field. So I'm thinking, well she's like Miles Davis. I'm yeah. thinking yeah. I'm thinking Quincy Jones. <laughs> I know how much he like white women and stuff, you know? <laughs> so anyway, so um I got that information and for my birthday, my wife got me one of those Ancestry.com ah, kits. Yeah. So I spit in the tube and that came back and I had a very close match. And then I also had like a second cousin match. I wrote them first and then I, you know, told them I wanted to speak with them. And one called me back to close match. Turns out it was a guy who's three years older than me. So I went back into my records of what they sent me. And they said that my mother had another son when she was 18 
before she three years before she had me. So I'm oh, like, wow. oh wow. So he ended up being my brother, my half brother. Awesome. And he lives right in Jacksonville, right close by me. And we all we were raised. This in is Queens. his name's Malcolm, also. <laughs> no, <laughs> his name's no. just Puck. <laughs> no, no, his name is Mark. His name is Mark, and, and but he goes by Puck. And, and the thing about it, he's he's full white. Full Jewish, you know, looks nothing like me except yeah. for dimples. Maybe that's about it, because he had a different father. Ah. So I met him, and then I met a second cousin, and she's an older woman, lives out in uh, in Laguna Beach, on uh, California, and she was like a, a detective. Her mom had written a book on family trees and stuff, so oh, she wow. knew how to do all of this stuff. So she was like, all the genealogy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So she was like, just by telling her about you know my mother's addictions and the issues and stuff, she was like, I know who your mother is. She's my cousin <laughs> Michelle. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> did a dateline on your story. She's actually like, taking a dump in my bathroom right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's dead. But <laughs> no, but she, 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 knew, she knew who she was, and she said, and she's got a sister who's still alive who I talked to, and she was like, I'm going to talk to her and see if she knows who your dad is. So she tossed to her, and uh, and I ended up speaking with her as well. And she says, yeah, I know who your father is. His name is Mal Waldron. And I wikipedia him and tons of stuff came wow. out. Wow. He was Billie Holiday's pianist for the last three years of her life. Uh, he wrote jazz standards uh, uh, that were done by Coltrane. I mean, he wrote, I mean, his catalog is humongous and, you know, he scored like several movies and stuff and there's even a documentary on him on YouTube. So I got on to see him On how many children talk. he has fathered <laughs> across the world. No, he actually, the crazy <laughs> thing is he had two daughters from his first wife who I've met and have a good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. One's a singer and lives in Queens, and the other one is a script supervisor for movies out in L.A. And then he's got three other kids from his second wife that were uh, half Japanese from their mother, who was a, a Japanese singer, and they live in Belgium. So, so those are all half siblings. All half. So I ended up with six half siblings after uh, like overnight. Yeah. Exactly. All because of the CNN right in. Oh, no, I guess it's a 23. <laughs> it's a CNN movie. That yeah, yeah. yeah, so I give him credit. Okay, so yeah. you had six half siblings. Yes. And, and f- any full siblings? Did they have a second? No, no. So they didn't continue the love affair? No, no. I think they were short of a year. And, uh, and it's crazy because, I mean, I guess she was a heroin addict. And even was using when she had me, which is crazy. You know, they were like afraid I was going to be addicted when yeah, I came out. Yeah, wow. But he evidently had used heroin and had hid it from everyone. And all these famous people, I found out later, had no clue that uh-huh. he, he was using. And he had an overdose. And the overdose, he almost died. And he had to relearn how to play piano. And it took him two years. And during those two years is when he discovered and developed this style, which defined him. And made him the legendary pianist wow. that he became. The so heroin like, style. See, see all this stuff? Heroin. <laughs> 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 Who said heroin can't help? <laughs> yep. I think the statute of limitations is over on this uh, drug ring between Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> Smuggling kids. I, I, don't think, I, I don't think the Rico can be called at this point, right? Yeah, that was early 60s. <laughs> Okay, so that's kind of crazy because that that was obviously the three identical strangers was a huge story. So they were like, "Don't worry, we th- you don't have a twin, but we trust did, us. But we did study you <laughs> for ten. Yeah. And your mom, what well, your mom was not your adoptive mom was not aware of the she, shady gray area in which this adoption didn't know, agency was operating under. She didn't know all the details, but she did know who my mother was because. I found out later. I always thought that I was in a foster home till I was five because I was older and they always wanted to adopt younger kids and I was like, I was aging out. I found out later that my biological mother was trying to keep me 
and she didn't relinquish her rights until they were taken from her by the Department of Child Welfare and the city of New York. Then they took it away, and then at five, I was eligible to be adopted. And the crazy thing is I was in a foster home next door to an old couple, and the old couple had a grandson who would come by and stay with them after school until his parents picked him up, you know, when they got home from work. And him and I became friends. And that old couple, the old ladies come by, and she's bringing me jelly beans all the time. Uh-huh. She's really sweet. Yeah. So uh, long story short, the young boy who I became friends with asked his parents to adopt me. He became my brother. They became my parents, and the old people became my grandparents. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, your mom's like, I thought they were a little shady when they asked for me to pay in cash. <laughs> <laughs> and like Mark's <laughs> Leave it in a brown bag behind the dumpster. I came, I came with an extra kidney too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's got to be pretty challenging to like find out who your parents are, and then once you do, there's no way of contacting them because they're, both dead. they're passed away. I yeah, mean, yeah. that's kind of bittersweet, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have been able to meet them. Yeah, you know, when they were alive. But uh, but the siblings, I've met three of the six siblings. You know, and I became, you know, started relationships with them. That's and, amazing. And yeah. They caught me up. They said I sound exactly like him. I mean, oh, wow. A lot of similarities and stuff. Have you taken cool. up the piano as a. Uh, <laughs> or, or heroin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> hey, it might come naturally. It might come Oh, my else. God, man. I don't know what's creepy. You guys in this house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not taken up heroin. But, uh, <laughs> now I played piano a little bit when I was young. Yeah, you know, and my sister Mala, instead of Malcolm, you know, Mala. <laughs> <Are you> serious? <laughs> I swear oh to God, my <laughs> <laughs> her name is Mala, and the other one's name is Lauren Mullane. So oh, it's like you know he was dying for Ma- Malcolm. Mal. Yeah, yeah, but uh, she's uh, she's a, an artist within her own right. She's got albums out and stuff. I saw a concert of hers on uh, online at the Kennedy Center. And stuff. Oh my she's, God, she's really good. So she, what's her name? Her name's Mal Mala. Mala. Mala and the last name's Waldron. Mala Waldron and she's yeah. a famous singer. Yeah. That's why so how did all of this at what point did you get involved in sort of performing or your art form doing magic, doing comedy, what like Um <clears throat> I started doing magic when I was 6. My dad had took me to a carnival and the magician brought me on stage ah. and embarrassed the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, he gave me a wand, and it broke in my hand, he gave me a fan and shit fell apart uh-huh. and it's like everybody's laughing, I'm mortified, so my father gets me off the stage and we're walking and uh there's a kiosk that sells magic tricks and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to buy you something, you know, to make me feel better." And he bought me this trick with these little sponge bunnies and uh, I took it home and, and I just worked on it and I showed it to my friends and, and you know they get that reaction from yeah, your friends yeah. and you're just you know you you're got hooked that, yeah exactly your it's friends like, are like it's like heroin yeah pretty much <laughs> your friends are like it's no wand that falls apart <laughs> I love that you're mortified <laughs> buy it and then he's like let me buy the sh- buy you the shit that just embarrassed the hell out of you <laughs> just to remind you of this terrific time yeah, yeah. Solid dad. <laughs> yeah, I got bit. I got bit. Yeah, I did my first show. I was in second grade for like the school concert and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the magic show was at one at the time on Broadway. This guy, Doug Henning from Canada, uh-huh. had this great Broadway show and we did a song from the play and I did magic and I was pretty sucky. Yeah. Yeah. Had this huge afro to hold up this big plastic top hat, man. Yeah, it was <laughs> That's the real trick. Everyone's like, "How does that pull off?" Then slash your lips. You ever pull that? Like, you know, pull stuff out of the afro as part Uh, of the. Well, when I was in junior high, I used to hide cigarettes in my afro. Uh, Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, nobody could see them. (laughs) Okay, so you went from the talent show all the way to America's Got Talent. That was a huge uh, thing for you. 
uh, any other like accomplishments that I wouldn't fool us, but I didn't fool them uh, <laughs> or Penn and Teller's television yeah, yeah. show. Yeah, I actually did fool fool Penn a little bit. We did this piece where we threw something at him and he jumped like three feet out of his oh, chair. Oh, wow. Nice. And he's like screaming and stuff. And he was like, you scared to live in Jesus out of me. And that's hard to do because I'm an atheist. Ah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so like, got... like, I didn't fool him. I scared the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing like scaring a white man. I didn't fool him. I just made him shit his pants. <laughs> I think you guys are getting even with these freaking skulls and shit, man. There's a cat skeleton in here, man. That's the creepiest thing. And the cat, it's not a normal sized cat either. It's like a half Cougar. <laughs> Who does that, man? He's got pygmy freaking skulls in here and stuff, man, and and de- dehydrated it's good. heads. It's good. And yeah, you I'm looking look. at a sign right here that is all rusted. It says funeral. I saw it when I was setting up your room last night. I was like, maybe I should take that. <laughs> I was like, I thought you'd be weirded out by the creepy doll, but... No, it's the, it's it's the funeral, the funeral stuff. Stuff. Yeah, something about that crocheted dress she's wearing is kind of creepy. <laughs> it's very much a ball gown. Okay, so uh, you were telling us a story earlier, like, because this program, we talk mostly weird and unusual stories, and something we okay. asked you and that you brought up, a cruise that you did, which was a swingers cruise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also do a hypnosis show, uh-huh. and uh, I was working for Carnival Cruise Lines at the time, and uh, I get a phone call from the office from the uh, booker and she says Puck we need you to go on this charter ship and we need you to do a hypnosis show but we want you to do the filthiest show you can do and I was like well my R-rated show is really mostly innuendo it's not Uh really that dirty she says well I trust that you can do something you know for us it's a a swingers cruise and I'm thinking well how many passengers she says 1720 passenger full ship charter first time we're ever doing this in the history of of a cruise line where they take over the whole entire ship because they were they're burning the ship the next week oh my (laughs) gosh dude man I had to be power washed Oh, God. But I but I'm getting on the ship and uh it was myself and a comic and that was it. And uh-huh. we were the only acts on the ship and uh <laughs> you were the only two willing to ac- <laughs> accept the gig. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're meeting people and nobody shakes your hand, nobody hug, oh, you know, no. they all hug and they oh. kiss you and they kiss you on the lips. But then are they are hold on, are they clothed? No, some are okay. clothes, some are not. It's like it's optional. So people are hugging you naked, butt ass naked, uh, and it's like that's and, a little much. And it's the creepiest shit. I mean, it's like people p- just passing their their spouses along to other people, and it's like it's like matter of fact, they ran out of alcohol. They had to get alcohol from another ship. Would they have to like pull next to each other? Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a case of Heineken. You know, like, they got like the fire. Well, like a case of Heineken and Heineken. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they got the fire the fire hose ship where they just shooting. Booze up like on the hose. Yo. All like the it's naked, the Fourth of July. All the naked guys are just sitting under it. Matter of fact, there was a, a theater underneath the, the big theater. It was a smaller theater on a deck below it. And they had, I went in, there was like seven beds and piles of people. Sex beds. Sex beds and piles of people. Versus what kind of yeah. bed? <laughs> Massage beds. <laughs> Napping beds. Napping. Meditating beds. Yes. Yo, but this thing was like... Piles of people having sex on top of this bed, like a, a, a orgy, and all of a sudden, you hear like a woman, a woman orgasm, and then they'd all get off the bed, and this crew would come by with a with a bin, a laundry bin, with gloves, and they'd strip the sheets, put new sheets on, and then like five more people would jump on the bed, and wow. it was like a show. Wait, hold, oh, it was a show? No, but it's like they're exhibitionists, and you can oh. watch. Like they yeah. had, you know, theater seating. And I I sat and watched. It was the. <laughs> <laughs> Then the mustard drill happened. (laughs) All right, if you hear seven short blasts, I think I heard 13 blasts. 
<laughs> oh my god so my my thing for being on the shit was to do a hypnosis show so um so i start the show and uh i do this thing where i make them you know make them really hot and as i'm doing the thing where i'm making them really say oh it's 90 degrees it's 97 degrees i start to notice they're taking their clothes off and i'm thinking ah oh, this is interesting Hold but on. is it mandatory sorry to interrupt is no, it no mandatory that they wear clothes in the theater for your show no or is there naked people in the audience now, actually, you know, was, I've, I've done a nude cruise before where they come naked to the show and they sit on mm-hmm. towels and stuff, which is kind of creepy in itself. I guess that's better you know. not towels, yeah. though. Right? But gross, no, cause you want them on upholstery and stuff, man. You know that they wipe their ass. Yeah, no. there's, there's like the next week some kids sitting there watching a show and he no. drops his popcorn. I think it, like, <laughs> it's got to be mandatory that if a cruise is used for a swinger cruise or a nudist cruise, yeah. it says this cruise has been <laughs> yeah. used as a swingers cruise in the past. It's you like know? if you buy a house that's haunted, they have to tell you. They were pretty much dressed, you know, but they were scantily clad. Let me put it like that. Gotcha. They weren't completely naked, but just very, you know, uh, erotically dressed. So I'm doing the show. I do the hot and people start taking off clothes. And then I do a thing where I change the weather. I make it really cold. And usually I say, you know, only thing going to save your life is some body heat. They start hugging. But I noticed this 70-year-old guy is trying to penetrate this 20-something-year-old. And I ran, I'm breaking him apart. I'm like, no, you will not have sex on my stage. So I break him apart. <laughs> no, and, like, oh, she's like cuddling with him and he's- No, like, no, she's straddling him. And this old dude is trying to fuck her right there. Oh my and God, stuff, man. I had to break him apart. Like, it was almost like, like dogs, you gotta throw a hose on them and stuff, you know, to get them apart. <laughs> Behind Bad, <laughs> Bad old man. Yeah. So hit, him on the, hit him on the face. You know, at this point, <laughs> you have to rub his face in it. <laughs> Squirting him with a rub squirt bottle. Nose, rub your nose in the semen. <laughs> you never do that again, will you? Yeah. <laughs> so like, maybe I will. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, this is this is going south. So I'm thinking, you know, all right. So I do this routine where I tell the women that, you know, on the count of three, you're gonna look down and realize you, that your nipples are missing. You have no idea where they are, but you have a funny feeling the guy next to you stole your nipples and you're pissed off. You want them back. So I do the thing. Boom. I say the key word. This black girl looks down and she says, this motherfucker stole my chocolate chips. (laughs) And the audience just goes crazy. (laughs) Then this skinny white girl goes over to this guy. She says, stand up. She pulls his pants down, grabs his dick, and starts pulling it. Like, he's screaming, this gut-wrenching scream while she's really yanking on his dick. Oh, my and God. And screaming at him. She's saying, I know they're in there. I know they're in there. She's <laughs> looking for her nipples. Because <laughs> of all the places I would put them. <laughs> exactly. But that was, it was the most insane cruise. Wow. Yeah. So just walking around, people are just hooking up. Yeah. Like- Pool deck. Do I they mean, pay you extra for this sort of? I should have got hazards pay or yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely. Or at, least, at least they pay your doctor's copay yeah. before you go in. <laughs> your copay. God, that sounds horrible. I would not accept that gig. Yeah, there was enough washy washy girls in the whole ship. Uh, <laughs> well, I heard because I've heard stories like that where you know swingers cruise or you know newest, especially swingers, where where they charter the cruise, but a lot of the uh, crew is extremely religious you know yeah, they're from yeah. religious parts so they have to train them on how to like you know turn a blind eye or how to yeah. not sort of they weren't allowed to go in any of the public areas if they weren't working and when they worked they had to go and do their job and get out yeah but as a guest entertainer had to i wear had free reign so uh, i can go anywhere which was which was kind of freaky yeah to be able to see all of that. I, I wonder how much, I mean, Carnival, whoever, whatever cruise line accepts that, I mean, yeah. they have to take a pretty penny, right? That yeah. has to be more than the- They need first, last, and cleaning than deposit. Than the Red Hat yeah. Society charter <laughs> yeah. cruise, right? Like, you know, they have to pay a little bit the more. The Red Hat ladies. <laughs> 
So you just let it go on when a woman is trying to get her nipples out of a man's penis. You're just I, like, okay, <laughs> I guess that's where we're going. You I know? didn't know what to do. I was kind of shocked myself. And I said, let's see where it goes until the guy started screaming. I was like, oh, she's really trying to pull this shit off. <laughs> this is going to be the weirdest insurance claim. Yeah. It wasn't until I looked in the wing and I saw the cruise director with like his thumbs up oh. and he's dying laughing. And I'm thinking, ah, I think it's going to be okay. Best show ever. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, man. Thanks for yeah. sitting in on this. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for letting us podcast in your bedroom. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And tell the people where they can find you at. Uh, I have a website, themagicofpuck.com. And uh, I also have another website, scottandpuck.com. I also do a show with another uh, magician as well. And you have a book also. Yes, I have a book. It's called Finding Magic Memoirs of a Magician. And uh, it's available on my site, and I can autograph it. Or if you get it on Amazon.com, I can autograph it, but it's available there Bezos will autograph it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's a story about your life, about magic. Yes. I actually tells a story about, you know, just growing up. And I had a lot of issues through my teen years and stuff like that and growing up and becoming a professional magician. But uh, the stuff that about my father that I just learned this year is not in the book. So Okay. So you have Very to buy cool. another book. Yeah, the addendum. <laughs> Coming down. <laughs> Volume two. Way to yes. hook them. Cliffhanger. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sitting in, man. No problem. Yeah. That was fun. Life Coaching with Randy. You clean up well is a nice way of saying you normally look like shit. For some weird news. This story comes from HuffPost.com. That's a news source more reliable than a teenage boy studying behind a locked door. <laughs> well, that that specific reference plays into this story, Louie. <laughs> what? Well played. Uh, this comes from their weird news section, and uh, which is fantastic. I recommend going to their weird news section, and they have a weird news Facebook page they too. They sure do. Check that out. And it says, man sues parents for destroying his $29,000 porn collection. That's a lot of porn. Goodbye, porn collection. (laughs) The man's dad allegedly admitted to destroying the porn and said, I would have done the same if I found a kilo of crack cocaine. Because everyone knows porn is a gateway drug. Goes porn, strip clubs, Oxycontin, crack. Yeah, yeah, that is the natural progression. An Indiana man is suing his parents for a pretty ballsy act, <laughs> destroying his very valuable porn collection. Do they not have the internet in, in there? This whole collection would fit on a thumb drive. I know, it's true. The man who is being identified only as Charlie claims the porn stash has an estimated value of $28,000, according to WXMI-TV, and includes more than 400 VHS tapes, more than 1,600 DVDs, 160-plus CDs, and 70 sex toys, according to the Detroit Free Press. 400 VHS tapes, man. That's crazy. I don't I don't think I've owned 400 VHS tapes in my lifetime. I love how he put a value on it, $28,000. He's probably got one of those things that people use to catalog their libraries for insurance claims, uh-huh. where he's like, oh, this is Walt Disney Presents, and then <laughs> a dollar amount. Well, <laughs> it's like, dude... You live with your parents. Your parents threw out your porn collection. $28,000. You could sell that and put a down payment on your own house, man. (laughs) Then you can have as much weird porn as you want. 
Charlie is seeking a total of $86,000, which includes the value of the missing items and the amount it would cost to replace them. I like how he's, su he's suing for triple damages, essentially. <laughs> triple damages should only apply to cases where it's a menage a trois in the video. <laughs> Some of the films worthy of inclusion include Frisky Business and Big Bad Grannies, according to the Associated Press. Please tell me that one's on VHS. Yeah, that's got to be on VHS. And actually, that that one has a negative value on it. <laughs> It'd be thir cool 30000 but in a Big Bad Grannies. I love the, uh, the dad throws out all the porn, but takes the one Big Bad Granny VHS. <laughs> this goes in the safe. Things came to a head this week after Charlie filed a lawsuit against his parents. According to court documents, he moved to his parents' house, home in Grand Haven, Michigan, in October 2016 while going through a divorce. Can't get over all the VHS tapes. He's like the guy that only listens to music on vinyl. <laughs> But he, he only rubs one off to cellophane. I love how he just got divorced, and I wonder what caused the divorce. Oh, probably, um, you know, financial. Baby, you love porn more than you love me. <laughs> well, that's, that's, Honey, you're not two hot grannies. <laughs> that's, that's an investment in our future. That's our 401XXX. This is how we're paying for our, our kids' college tuition. <laughs> They're never going to let them into college if they look at your computer history. Although Charlie stayed with his parents for about 10 months, he was asked to leave in August 2017 after what WXMITV termed a domestic situation. I don't even know what that would be. Yeah. A few months later, the parents traveled to Indiana to drop off their son's possessions, but they didn't include his massive porn collection. I don't even know in a room how I would fit 1,600 DVDs. Like, Blockbuster doesn't have that many DVDs. But they didn't bring it back. In his parents' house, where do you keep that? That has to spill over in the living room. Yeah, it's true. Li yes. It's invasive porn. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the, the blackberry bushes here. <laughs> so since they didn't bring back his massive porn collection, that aroused Charlie to file a police report about the trash porn collection with the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office. But the prosecutor's office declined to file charges against his parents. The, the sheriff's office is like, we are prosecuting. It's just tantric prosecution. <laughs> A month after filing the police report, Charlie sent an email to his dad explaining his situation. If you had a problem with my belongings, you should have stated that at the time and I would have gone elsewhere. Instead, you choose to keep quiet and behave vindictively, he said, according to ABC News. According to the lawsuit, his father responded saying he was doing his son a favor. Believe it or not, one reason for why I destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional health, he said. I would have done the same if I had found a kilo of crack cocaine someday. I hope you will understand. I wonder what the dad collects. Just like Hummels. Like what is he? Weirdo kids. <laughs> I, I think that is good though, because I'm going through a split with someone I was seeing and I have stopped watching porn for two weeks now and uh -oh. I feel much better. I uh feel like a lot clearer. I, I'm not as like, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like, but did you have big bad grannies in your in your thumb drive? I didn't have a sixteen hundred DVDs or four hundred VHS tapes. And but the thing is, is it is a collection. I mean, if in a separate article I read, he had like fifteen hundred magazines, and they were a lot of vintage stuff. So it is as disgusting as it may sound. He does have a. It's a collection of mm -hmm. maybe vintage porn and stuff like that. So I would imagine it would be upsetting if someone threw out my collection just because they didn't agree with what it was. Yes. I'm with you there. It is a collection. I mean, VHS tapes degrade. 
Yes. I mean, I don't think anyone collects VHS tapes yeah. anymore. No, my old roommate collects VHS tapes. Really? Yeah. What does he do with them? He, he watches them. What? He watches all the VHS because you get them at Goodwill for like a buck. And he just had a huge collection of like, you know, all the old 80s films and yeah, so I would just make like a wall out of them and then jump through the wall. But that, that's the thing is like he might not be watching it, but he might just have them in part of his collection. You know, you're like, um, you know what I want to do? I want to watch Space Camp. Do you have that? And then he goes through his archives. And yeah, pulls out Space exactly. Camp. But I mean, I have a lot of like human remains and skulls and stuff. And I would be upset if someone threw out those because they didn't agree with displaying of human. Yeah. And you should have that conversation with your the person you're moving in with. Like, hey, yeah. listen, I'm going to need an extra room for you know what my- comes with me my porn <laughs> yeah well it, we're, we're a package deal in a separate article it says that his parents threw out 12 boxes of porn which is a bukkake dozen <laughs> but they 20... threw out a bukkake of porn <laughs> <laughs> but they threw out 12 boxes and then two boxes of sex toys or and it's funny because it quoted the dad saying we threw out two boxes of what you might call sex toys i'm like i'm pretty sure that's what everyone calls them either that or it's like doorstop we call them kitchen utensils around here that's yeah, the egg beater. that's how you know they're a little bit older right can you imagine the, them like you discovering that you go to move i don't think stuff? you discover that yeah you it's it's 400 vhs is not like oh i moved the dresser and look what was behind it yeah well i evicted somebody once and uh I, well i was paid to evict somebody and go in their apartment and they did have a large gay porn collection and I had to move there. I'm like, I don't want to fucking touch this, you know? And the whole place was, wait, 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 wait. You were like the cooler. You had to evict someone. Yeah. Someone it's a building owner that I knew was evicting somebody. He's like, Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks. If you go and just move this guy's shit out on the street. And I'm like, I was hard up at the time. So I'm like, fuck yeah. So I went and uh, started moving the guy's stuff out on the corner. And a lot of it was porn. And it was a little bit uncomfortable to like, <laughs> you know, you're carrying something a stranger is beaten off to, you know, 30 times. Right? Is it any better if it's not a stranger? <laughs> yeah, maybe if it's someone, if someone you know, I mean, it's not as weird. I'd rather have it someone I know, I think. I'd rather not know. <laughs> but it's crazy. He's, he's, he's suing for $87,000. You're right. It's three times. He's like, how much more porn can I buy with $87,000? Or how invested if he wants to actually replace the collection. Like, how hard is it to find Big Bad Grannies? A quick Google search of uh, Big Bad Grannies turns out you can get the VHS for free streaming. <laughs> yeah, but if you want the actual VHS, can you find it? Do you need it? Like it's his parents are selling it online. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we knew it was $30,000. We're going to flip all this and pay for some psychology for you, yeah. for a therapist. It, it doesn't appear. There's a lot of links I'm not clicking, though. <laughs> smart, smart. But I, in, again, in a separate article that I read, the parents was clear that they were aware of their son's sort of collection and sort of his... I wouldn't say issues, but sort of what he was into and that they had said you could not bring this porn to our house. Uh, and then he brought it anyway and it led to well, a domestic abuse. Well, you- he didn't. No, he didn't bring it. His parent that didn't get moved to the house with his stuff. Oh. So when he moved from Indiana to Michigan, this the porn collection was not brought along by his parents or movers, whoever yeah. it was. So his parents either instructed the people to not bring it or left it on purpose. Yeah, it's like, listen, if you want to live here, there's no masturbating. But mom, it's throbbing Thursday, <laughs> wanking Wednesday. It's, it's Freaky Friday. Come on, that's a national <laughs> holiday in my life. 
But yeah, I mean, he's got to respect the people he's with, but they have to respect that it's like that's that's his possessions that they have no business throwing it out just because they don't necessarily agree with it. So maybe they should put it in storage. I have a feeling there's more to the story where they were like, hey, you got to come pick up this porn. And he was like, I'll do it. And it's been two years. And finally, they tossed it. It doesn't sound like that. No, no. I want to inter- interview his wife, his, his ex-wife, <laughs> ex-wife. <laughs> figure out what's going on. So, yeah, I think my takeaway is that, you know, they probably shouldn't have thrown it out and that I hope he gets some compensation because it's uh, that's a huge I mean, thirty thousand dollars. That's a lot of that's a lot of money. It probably took him years to collect. I would imagine yeah. there would be a little trauma around something you've put a lot of time and effort into and it's just now gone. Yeah. I mean, that'd yeah, be frustrating. I think, well, I think that was a trauma, like when people end up hoarding. Yeah. Um, it, is I think it's a lot of older people that came out of like, wait, what'd you say? Hoarding. hoarding. <laughs> <laughs> when, when people came out of like the great depression where they had, a ha- and then all of a sudden they lose everything. Yeah. And then once they start getting stuff, they don't let it go away. Yeah. So I think there, there's a deeper trauma than that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I hope he, I hope they figure it out. I hope he gets some help for the porn porn issues because that does i think play a pretty big role in some debilitating social interactions i I think so yeah and uh what's funny is uh we went back through our old episodes in episode number two we have a story about a couple that bought a house that was used for porn and i wonder if he has any of those dvds (laughs) how crazy would that be (laughs) yeah if i recall the couple wanted a discount on the house because it was used for porn. Yeah, yeah. Episode number two, if you want to check that out. So uh, we hope this guy gets better. We hope he gets some compensation, and he, we hope he figures it out with his parents. I really don't like to see porn tear apart a family. I mean, these are cultural artifacts, you know, some of these VHS cassette tapes. <laughs> so hopefully they didn't get lost in a fire and that the Smithsonian can recover some of them. And <laughs> for, <laughs> for future generations, yes. they can put it on, on the Voyager that goes yeah. to the outer, outer The Library space. of Congress. <laughs> can now have these can catalog that stuff <laughs> all right i like it all right that's it for today oddballs want to thank Puck so much for sitting in and telling us weird stories. I loved it. And then be sure to check us out on the Facebook, Instagram, and at oddandoffbeat.com. Absolutely. And also be sure to check out our weekly photo meme contest. Maybe we'll do one of uh, swingers, like the, a swinger themed. <laughs> yeah, that could be the music genre, <laughs> could be the movie, or it could be, uh, it could be just children on a swing. <laughs> we, will po- we post that. You leave a funny comment and the best comment wins some swag, which we yes. just got some, some pretty sweet swag made up that we're going to send out to the winner so be sure to leave a comment for that where can the fine people find the louis fox show this week i will be at the motherload fair in sonora california they gotta change that name <laughs> they do <laughs> the uh, name. from the 4th of july through the 7th i guess that's it's a, a mining thing oh the motherload yeah and it's l-o-d-e like they're mining gold and they found the motherload yeah. or something okay yeah there's a lot of these gold names like i did uh in auburn California there's another gold <laughs> fair <laughs> they've heard of gold they've heard of gold my thing was everyone's like oh this is where like the minor 49ers are from oh gotcha and so I'm like well I'm only gonna drink gold schlager while I'm yeah, damn straight <laughs> <laughs> and so we go to this hotel that nice hotel bar 
And I'm like, I'll just have gold schlager straight up. And she's like, you want to get really messed up? I'm like, sure. She's like, it's gold schlager and Jaeger. <laughs> she's like, we have mercury schlager. <laughs> yeah. It fucks you up. You're like, I don't want internal bleeding. <laughs> it's exactly what miners used to drink. <laughs> So where can they check out the Matt Baker comedy stunt I show? will be celebrating America's independence and freedom at home. Nice. And uh, nothing. I got nothing going on. I have the Museum of Curious Things. We'll be at the Dust Off Music Fest. On... Okay, you're making fun of the mother load fair. You're at the Dust Off Music Fest. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a fundraiser for uh, Wounded Warriors. Okay. And that's on Saturday, July 6th. You can come see the mur- the Museum of Curious Things. See a lot of the skulls that Puck is all freaked out about. Yeah. Also, I will be, or the museum will be at the Packwood Library outside of Seattle on July 9th. Oh, that's solid. I'm going to be later in the summer. I'll be at the Packwood Library. Oh, yeah. Well, check Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll be at the Randall. Sorry, I'm too edgy for Packwood. Oh, yeah. So, uh, no, nothing for me. So, I'll just be hanging out in Seattle. Maybe I'll go on a trip. Maybe not. Who knows? But you can check out the Museum of Curious Things at any of those locations. Of course, I want to thank Puck for sitting in. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I hope you guys like that. want to make sure if you have a chance, we'd really appreciate you passing this podcast along to any of your friends that also likes weird and unusual stories. Yes. Maybe leave a comment of your favorite episode on wherever you got your podcast at. That does help us out quite a bit. Yep. And you can also leave that comment on your podcast you like better than us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Go and troll the other podcasts. Odd and offbeat episode 43, almost as good as... <laughs> stuff, you may sh- stuff you should know. How to make a Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So thanks so much for listening, folks. We really appreciate your ears and your time. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Gracias por escuchar the Odd and Offbeat podcast. Today's show is sponsored by the Work Less Party. By not voting, you're voting for us, the Work Less Party.